0: It is Wednesday, September 21st, 8 p.m. Do you know where Josh Allen is? I promise you, the Miami Dolphins do. We got six teams to talk about, major upsets, major comebacks, overtime victories. We're going to find out what we learned from those teams. But guys, I don't do this alone. The man, the myth, the legend to join me right now, Mr. Trey Wingo, Pro Football Network, Senior NFL Analyst.
1: Trey, what's up, man? Brett, how are you? Once again, where are you? Like, I, I just want to make sure we're we're comfortable with where you are because the setup is completely different than where we did most of these things last year.
0: Yeah, and, and I appreciate your your worry about me. Um, I'm at my house. I'm safe. I'm <laughs> okay. in a safe location. But I'm a different a different park. setup. This is a different setup. Yeah, um, but don't worry. Don't mind me. I'm
1: eating chips. Just go
0: ahead. I'm gonna have a no, no. Of do, chips. do you but continue? Uh, oh. ne- next week, um, I'll be back at my uh, at our studio, and you'll get to see the nice football stuff. But until then, All right my beautiful living room. Uh, I like you. your
1: living room. It's yeah, it's man. impressive. I'm not gonna lie to you.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you. Um so by the, so way, yeah, by the way, I've
1: lit up the I've lit up the comments on the side, so whenever you guys want to chat with us, put in the comments in there and we'll get to that at some point. Brett and I have got a lot to get to. We love talking to each other, but we also want to hear from you guys. So, fire it up. Let's go.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And let's get into it. Uh, Let's start with our first segment. It's time to learn, Trey. And that's uh, a lot of what we want to do here at Pro Football Network. We want to teach you. We want to get you to learn. We learned a lot from these different teams. Let's start off with the Miami Dolphins and the Baltimore Ravens. What a back and forth uh, actually, it wasn't back and forth, it was all Ravens for 75% of that game, and then it was all Tua. Uh, a lot of questions here because the Ravens are contenders, the Dolphins have playoff aspirations. The way that game unfolded and ended, mm. Trey, who did we learn more about? Did we learn more about the Ravens and what their future holds, or did we learn more about Miami?
1: That's a great question, and I and you said that to me earlier today, and I'm not sure I can answer that yet. I mean, the easy answer would be, well, clearly we've learned more about Tua and the Dolphins. I mean, week one, he beats Bill Belichick. Uh, he, as, you know I'm not a believer of wins and losses being a quarterback stat, but the NFL keeps them. He's the only quarterback ever to start 4-0 and against Bill Belichick. Uh, so that's a, a big feather in his cap. And then, of course, he comes from 21 points down in the fourth quarter. First time that's happened in 754 games, by the way, wow. including playoffs. The last the last time that happened, you'll love this. It was the December 19th, 2010 game between the Giants and the Eagles when Deshaun Jackson, uh, Matt Dodge, the punter, kicked it right to him, <laughs> even though Tom uh, Tom Coughlin told him not to, and they fumbled the punt and ran it for the walk-off punt return score, and this was Tom Coughlin looking at Matt Dodge after the game.
0: Yeah, beeline off the the, sideline, right? The death
1: stare. So, like, it would be easy to say; it would be very easy to say. Clearly, we've learned more about Tua and the Dolphins. I'm not sure that's true. Like, it it if you go look at some of those throws, like the Ravens secondary just decided to let Tyreek Hill run behind them. Like, they didn't; they chose not to defend him. So, I don't know if it says more about Tua and the offense. As well as they played and the stats they put up, or if it says more about how ridiculous the defense was for the Baltimore Ravens. So I can't quite answer that uh, in any sort of really valid form, if you you can appreciate that.
0: I can, because it is one of those things where, like I said, you watch three quarters of the game and you go, man, the Ravens are putting the beats. Right. They were killing them.
1: Devin yeah, Duvernay it, 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 was gonna be a freaking MVP. I mean, they started that game with a kick return for a score. And yeah. then all this other stuff happened. And then they just completely forgot to play defense in the in the fourth quarter. So I give I give the Miami Dolphins and Tua all the credit in the world, but we're two weeks in. I'm not sure what I know more about. The deficiencies in the Ravens secondary or if Tua and company are the real deal.
0: And I think that's the thing we learned, though, Trey, right? It's like now we can target those things as what we want to keep an eye on with these teams moving forward. You said this in our first week's episode, and I think it's something that we want our fans and our audience to keep in mind. Not only are we still learning about these teams three, four, five weeks to start the season, these teams are still learning about themselves. So when we ask these questions, it's about what should we be keeping an eye on? Uh, as we look to see, as these teams discover what their identity is, and I think these are the things to look at for Miami, the Dolphins. Can the offense continue to generate those open receivers? No. Yeah. And Baltimore secondary, you know, because that didn't his...
1: that didn't happen against my uh, against New England in Week One. They weren't running free in the secondary. I mean, they found a way to win. Don't get me wrong, but Tyreek had a very average game, and, mm-hmm. and Waddle was okay. Everybody was open against the Ravens. So I don't know if it says more about Miami's offense or the Ravens' secondary.
0: Yeah. All right. So we'll see. Let's look at the next game. Okay. Um, in our time to learn segment. And this was an interesting game, Trey. This was the Raiders and the Arizona Cardinals in a game that it looked like Raiders were going to have locked up. It goes to overtime. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury does some bizarre play calling in that quarter, in that overtime period. And then it ends with a fumble return for a touchdown. The Raiders were part of this conversation between us, Trey, where we talked about, did they do enough in the AFC West arms race? To keep up with Kansas City. Here they are right, sitting right. at 0-2. The Cardinals themselves are in that same division in the NFC West with the defending Super Bowl champions. Who did we learn more about as we're going forward for these two teams?
1: Sadly, I think we learned more about the Raiders. Uh, just give you a quick example: like the the for many years, the stat was going back to 1990, which was, the cur- which was the current playoff format. And then we changed that in 2020. So you start 0-2 since 1990, you are going to make the playoffs 11% of the time. However, <clears throat> since the new playoff format began the last two seasons, here are the number of teams that have started 0-2 and, and made the postseason. Zero. That's not Gognad. a big anger. Nothing. <laughs> Zero. Um, you got to win that game. I mean, the the meme or the gif that will ever, forever live in that game is the Raiders fans popping bottles at some point. <laughs> yeah. And you lost. So uh, that game, along with the Ravens game, and, and we may touch on the Jets game earlier, is living proof to me what Bill Belichick always says. More games are lost in the NFL than one. Yep. And we had three games that were absolutely lost. Uh, in the NFL in Week Two, and I'm not taking anything away from the Cardinals or the Jets or the Dolphins, but those games were all locked away. They were yep. done. They were done. So I mean, the Jets had to have two touchdowns scored in 155 and recover an onside Outside kick, kick. For, yep. for them to win. You know, we talked about uh, the 754 games, including playoffs in the way that the dolphins came back against the Ravens Sunday was the first time in the history of the NFL. We had two teams down by 20 points or more at the half to come back and win uh, on the same day. It had never happened before. So it was an outlier in every way, shape or form. So I don't know uh, what that means in terms of the dolphins and the Ravens, but I think the, the Raiders are in real trouble. Like, yeah, like, Everyone loves a a, a brilliant offensive mind in the NFL. Oh, he's a a terrific game planner. He does all these things. And that's wonderful. But at the end of the day, you have to be a game manager and a game executioner. And Josh McDaniels has struggled along those lines. And the Raiders made losing plays. Uh, You know, the decision to let Kyler Murray on that one touchdown run, like, don't rush him at all and keep seven or eight back toward the goal line. And he had 20.8 seconds on the clock in that game from CBS, which they did a great job with that. Uh, they put the stopwatch on that. You give any quarterback 20.8 seconds, guess yeah. what? They're going to find a way to beat you. Yep. So uh, all of those things lead me to believe that the Raiders, we we learned more about the Raiders uh, than we did about the Cardinals. Because I don't know what the Cardinals are at this point. They got the kicked by the uh Uh, by the Chiefs in week one. And for three quarters, they got their ass kicked by the Raiders. So I'm not like all in and, oh, my God, Kyler Murray, and oh, my God, this. No, they've been terrible for seven quarters. The Raiders let them off the hook. Yeah, and
0: I want to keep an eye uh, myself personally on that Arizona offense because I don't know that the offense itself as a cohesive unit is what got the Cardinals back into this game. It was Kyler Murray – playing video games for lack of a better term his favorite activity yeah
1: careful call insert Um, call of duty (laughs) joke here
0: right um I'm glad you caught on to that so yeah I mean that's the thing and again we're just going to reiterate this we ask these questions what did we learn more about so we can know what to focus on as these teams are still figuring themselves out and Trey, there's one more game I want to talk about in this segment And it's that AFC West showdown that was between that was our super smash quarterback matchup of the week. Last week, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Chiefs and Chargers. That game was a very interesting game, really came down to that pick six that Justin Herbert threw when when Gerald Everett was like gasping for air and asking to come out of the game. Very next play targeted. And then the pick six. Who did we learn more about? Do we see this as a three point difference between these two teams all the way to the end of the season? Or did one team stand out to you?
1: I think we learned more about the Chiefs. And the reason I say this is I don't know if Patrick Mahomes has ever had a better team around him than he has right now. Mm, that's interesting. I mean, the defense made play after play. Like Chris Jones showed up in the fourth quarter, made a bunch of plays. Uh, Jalen Watson, who, who returned that pick six was only playing because Scott, uh, because Trent McDuffie, the first round pick, he was a seventh round pick Trent McDuffie. The first round pick, uh, was on injured reserve. So that's the only reason he's in there. This might be guys, the best team Patrick Mahomes has had around him, uh, his entire career. They can play offense and they can play a little defense. And it was the defense that helped the chiefs win that game. I mean, Mahomes did just enough, right? Uh, you know he that that touchdown pass to watson was ridiculous it was ridiculous the underneath throw to mckinnon uh for the for the first touchdown pass i mean like the plays never over with patrick mahomes like the side angle and all the things he waited for um it it was amazing so i think we learned more about the chiefs than we learned about the chargers and the the problem for the chargers is you know fractured rib cartilage i don't know if you've looked it up Uh, the recovery time is four to six months, which would be, wait for it, carry the one out of the five, the entire season. So Justin Herbert's going to play because he's a football player and he's going to be great and going to be gritty. He's not going to be right for the rest of the year. That's just a fact. He's not going to be right for the rest of the year. Let that sink in. He's not going to be right for the rest of the year. So all the plans for the Chargers – are now resting on whether or not Justin Herbert can manage massive amounts of pain because I know you've had surgeries and I know you've torn your Achilles. Yep. When you injure your ribs or rib cartilage, everything hurts. If you sneeze, it hurts. If you breathe too heavily, it hurts. If you laugh, it hurts. Like there's nothing that they can do to mitigate that, especially when, oh, get a numbing shot. Well, If you screw that up in the ribs, uh, you numb a lung, or you may numb your heart. Those are not good options. So (laughs) it's going to be pain management. It's going to be a lot like Baker Mayfield last year, right? I know he had a torn labrum on his non-throwing shoulder. He still had a torn labrum on his shoulder. And he was out there for the entire season, and he didn't play well. And this is going to be the overriding thing for the Chargers going forward, is Justin Herbert, how can he sort of gut through this season? So I Look, think we learned more about Kansas city than we did about the chargers.
0: Yeah. Especially to, cause to your point, this injury to Herbert, who knows how that's going to affect the chargers. How does that change things for them than what otherwise would have been? And for people to understand your ribs, they protect your core and all yeah. movement, all movement, upper body, lower body, lateral forward, back doesn't matter. It all starts with your core. So for him to move anywhere, his ribs are going to feel it. And it's going to be yeah. all about pain tolerance uh, for him moving forward. listen, the the Chargers okay are giving the Jacksonville Jaguars seven points this week. All right. Um we've got the uh Kansas City Chiefs are giving the Colts five and a half points this week. Go bet on. It's, the actually, the,
1: it's actually it started the week at six and a half.
0: It did. Okay, it's down to, yeah. it's down to five and a half, um, which is interesting because the, the Colts look like an abysmal disaster. Um yeah. but you can find these odds at Caesar Sportsbook, our good friends at Caesars. Um, and you can capitalize by using our Caesars promo that we have for you in the comments right now. All you have to do is place your very first cash wager over at Caesar Sportsbook. And if you lose, you'll get 100% of your stake back as a free bet up to $1,250. And win or lose, you'll also get 1,000 reward credits and 1,000 tier credits Over at Caesars, the promo code is simple, P F N P-F-N-F-U-L-L. Go place your bets now. The promo code is in the comments. Trey, let's take a look at our second segment here because to me, this is the team that's caught everybody's attention. They've outscored their opponents 72 to 17. Their star quarterback is completing 75% of his passes. Has there been a more dominant team to start a season than this year's Buffalo Bills?
1: Only one in recent memory uh, and that would be the New England Patriots of 2007. Here's why I say that. The Bills won their first two games by at least 21 points and they played teams in those first two weeks who last season won at least 10 games. The defending Super Bowl champion Rams and the team that was the number one overall seed in the AFC, the Tennessee Titans. The only other team that can make that claim to start off 2-0 and by winning each game by at least 21 points and playing teams that won at least 10 games the previous season, the almost perfect 2007 Patriots. Wow! That's how that's how good the Buffalo Bills have been. Now, I want to be clear, and this is really important: you cannot win the Super Bowl in September. You can right. lose it. You can lose it by not being able to qualify for the postseason, but you can't win it. You go back and look historically over the years at how many teams have looked great. Uh coming out of the gate. Yeah. The Buffalo Bills might be a little different because they're continuing something that happened last year with their win on Monday night, 41 to 7. I was there for Caesar Sportsbook. It was a great time uh, over the Titans. They have now won 20 of their last 27 games by double digits. That is utter dominance. They are continuing the process that they had at the end of last season and bring it into this season by absolutely owning people. Now, it doesn't mean anything at this point. Like the 2007 Patriots, who went undefeated in the regular season, did not win the Super Bowl that year. That, that's it, uh, yeah. They, they lost Super Bowl 42 to the Giants. 18 17 to 40. giant loss. Exactly. <laughs> the worst record you could ever possibly have. <laughs> um, but they're playing at the highest level of anybody right now. Yeah. And here's what's really interesting about week three. Is that they go to Miami to take on the Dolphins? Mm-hmm. In the last seven games, the Bills have won all of them. They're seven and zero straight up, five and two against the spread, against Miami. In those games, they've won by an average of nineteen point seven points, which is a really nice way to, of saying none of those games were close. <laughs> last year, they swept the Dolphins by a score of sixty one to eleven. They yeah. had scored them by fifty, including a week two shutout, thirty five to nothing. However, here comes the however. Since their loss to the Bills in week eight of last year, the Dolphins are 10 and 1 straight up and 9 and 2 against the spread. So they have done a remarkable job of finding a way to figure it out. But until they beat the Bills, not many people are going to take them seriously. And this is a massive opportunity from Miami and mm-hmm. to Otonga Bailoa. I don't know if this this matchup week three in the AFCs between the Bills and the Dolphins has been this interesting since Dan Marino and Jim Kelly yeah. were the two quarterbacks in this game. Like, it's freaking nuts. And this this as much as the Ravens game was this remarkable comeback, if the Dolphins, as they're presently constructed, can beat the Bills, that is the statement game for them that they just might be the team to beat in the AFC East.
0: Yeah, I mean, that is that is such a, a very perfect point. When we talk about what did we learn from the game between Miami and Baltimore, yeah. this is the game where we're going to learn something. As the great, wow. wise uh, Kevin Hart once said, you're going to learn today. And yeah. that, that'll that be the day uh, that we learn something. I, w- I want to um, ask hey, the you. The chips are
1: so good. Just to let you know, the chips are really good
0: yeah can you just crunch a little louder would be would be for me the greatest oh i
1: i could do it i, I know, know you me. could and i know go you would i know you give would. it a run give it a run here we go <laughs>
0: there he is <laughs> it's like a, a a a what is it what is that called asm or something anyway the, the bills okay um uh, is it the offense Outscoring seventy, you know, seven, you know, scoring seventy-two points in two weeks—that's most impressive to you, or the defense? The defense it's both. It's is both. holding opponents to eight point. They, the offense, could be scoring ten points Trey, and they're yeah. still winning these games. The defense has been nothing short of amazing. I saw a stat earlier today that said they have the highest pressure rate in the league so far, and they've only blitzed three times.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. Me, here's here's everything you need to know about the Bills' defense. Last season, they had the number one scoring defense, the number one total defense, the number one passing defense, and the number one defense on third down. And they just added Von Miller. Yeah. Like, that. that is everything. So, they – I mean, the Titans in the first half of that game on Monday night played as well as you could defensively against the Bills, and they were down 10 points. Um, Buffalo – like you never want to peak in September. Like, let's just be honest about it. You never want to peak in September, but (laughs) Buffalo could not be playing any better right now. They're going to have their issues, right? They're going to have their slip ups. I firmly believe that, Uh, you know, last year, Josh Allen of the Jaguars beat Josh Allen of the bills. Uh, Those things, these things are going to happen. Yeah. But nobody is playing better football right now than the Buffalo bills. And, that could mean everything or it could mean nothing because you go back and look at the last couple of years at who was really great for the first few weeks and how did that fare? I mean, sometimes it doesn't matter at all. You can make the postseason and then flame out, but uh, Buffalo, right? Like you, you never want to play your best football in September. <laughs> Buffalo is playing unbelievable football in September right now.
0: Yeah, it's, it is pretty wild to see – what they're doing. I'll tell you what I'm most impressed with. I said this on, on our first show, Trey. If you remember, we were talking about Josh Allen and I gave you some some thoughts as to why I actually was expecting, silly me, a regression year from him based on where he's been historically completing passes. He's completing 75% of his passes so far this season. That's a historic mark for him. That's 20 uh 15 to 20 points higher than his career average over the last five, six years going back to college.
1: Well, the thing about Josh, which is interesting, is that he is still struggling a little bit in the underneath throws, Mm. like yards that are ten passes that are ten air yards or less. His numbers aren't great, but his numbers are so good in every other category that it's sort of being enveloped (laughs) uh, by by that. But like, if you can take away the deep threat, and by the way, this Miami game is historic because the top three wide receivers in terms of yardage are all playing in this game. Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs, and Jalen Waddle. It's the first week three game in NFL history where we've had the top three wide receivers in terms of yardage gained uh, play in a week three matchup. So uh, to, to the point I was trying to make there is that the over-the-top stuff is off the charts good for Josh Allen right now. Some of it- the underneath stuff isn't. Yeah, and
0: I don't know if you you'll probably you probably will. I know you do because you know and see everything. But that throw last week, and you were there for Caesar Sportsbook uh, amongst the Bills mafia. I was expecting to see you get thrown through a table. By the way, I love this. <laughs> that didn't um, but uh, the. Uh, you saw that throw he had that one throw out into the flat they they motioned somebody out to the flat and he skipped the ball to him without any pressure right he has some of those yeah. slip ups still the question is how sustainable and i think that's what you're asking right you, they're playing their best ball, ball unbelievable stuff how sustainable is that going to be throughout the rest of the year being able to hit those deep historically low percentage passes throughout you know we still got 15 games left this season is that going to be able to keep up and the real question there for me trey is is that really what's propelling them if the defense can keep on the pace that they're on
1: well much in the same way and we'll get into this game a little bit that the bucks defense is the real reason they're two and oh uh the the bills defense is also a large portion of why they are two and oh um you know you had uh the pick six on monday night you had the suffocating defense at the half. They didn't let the the Rams score after the half in Week One. The, the, the offense is going to have their ups and downs. Yeah, but this defense is built to last. Like it, they have playmakers on every level, and they added Von Miller. And I I just think that defense. Look, look. The best way to describe it is, and this is a problem for Buffalo. There's nothing they can do in the regular season. Like I had a buddy of mine that texted me and said, "October sixteenth, baby, that's when it all happens. That's when the Chiefs uh, play the Bills at Arrowhead." I'm like, "Bro, the Bills played the Chiefs at Arrowhead last year and won thirty-eight to twenty, and then they lost the divisional game." <laughs> so, like, you, you, there's the problem for the Bills is, and this is a good. I want to be here. It's a good problem to have. It may be yeah. the best problem to have. Is that the regular season doesn't matter? Yeah. This team is set up Super Bowl or bust. And I mean that sincerely. And not just yeah, getting there, but winning, but winning the thing. Yeah. Like I talked to Andre Reed uh, yesterday, uh, Monday night on Caesars for Caesars Sportsbook. He he was one of our guests uh, when we went out there with the Caesars Sportsbook truck. Uh, and he's like, the expectations for this team are as high as they were when we went to our first Super Bowl, Super Bowl 25. Mm. Like everyone expected us to win. So what happens in the regular season almost doesn't matter for Buffalo. They need to prove it in the postseason. And the the burden of that expectation is really high. Like, for the last two years, it's been the Chiefs because they won Super Bowl 54, and then they went back-to-back in Super Bowl 55, and they, quite frankly, kicked a field goal at the end of the first half of the AFC Championship game, would have been back there for three straight Super Bowls. None of that is on Kansas City now. All yeah. of that is on Buffalo. That's yeah. That's the acceptable result of this season. You have to win a Super Bowl. And sometimes that's a heavy burden to carry. Yeah.
0: Hey, look, you you said that you know, week one before the game was even played that first Thursday no. night against the Rams. The way they're playing now has done nothing. To nothing with expectations. Um nothing. and on top of that, they're on the road. Miami is a home dog. They are getting no. six points, according to Caesars, as it stands right now. Um, according to Caesar Sportsbook, uh, against the Buffalo Bills. Um, you guys should go bet on that game. Again, we'll give it to you. It's the Caesars promo, promo code PFN full. All you got to do, place your first bet right there in the Caesar Sportsbook app. If you lose, you get 100% of your stake back as a free bet, up to $1,250. And win or lose, you're also going to get 1,000 reward credits and 1,000 tier credits just for placing the bet. The only thing you need to do, enter promo code pfnfull p f n f u l l the link is in the comments i hate when you laugh at me it makes me very self confident
1: no 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 i just like when you when you get so emphatic on p f n f u and then you add the l l it's like yeah, p f n f u l l <laughs> that's a, that's going to be our new p f n
0: f u um and real quick before we just uh move off this game you had mentioned the caesar sports uh truck that you're in you now, know when we were talking in the off season you and i we talk a lot you and i we talk we talk almost every day correctly. you told me about the caesar sports bus
1: and then i saw a picture trey this yeah. is not a bus this is an it's 18 this is a rig it's a truck it's basically a mobile production studio it's great it has something called the wager wall inside of it uh it's going to be fantastic we're going to be in indianapolis by the way uh okay. this week st. Elmo? Making a trip to st elmo uh the chief by the way kudos to you because you said the right thing like so many people say oh you're going to saint elmo's i'm like bro that doesn't exist it's saint elmo like oh yeah it's the movie is saint elmo's fire <laughs> the restaurant is saint elmo as in the saint Correct. elmo yes so kudos to you my friend for a hey i may freak. out. hell yeah hell yeah we're going to saint elmo Good. Um, okay. and, and whenever you want to start talking about that game, let me know because there are some serious thoughts there that we need to discuss.
0: Yeah, we we can we can get into that after we do uh, our next segment here because uh, the Chiefs are not the team you want to be coming off of a loss to the Jaguars against. But correct. Here we go. Into our uh what I what I am loving by the way, our graphics team Trey at Pro Football Network, our visual team is kicking it up a notch, not. Rachel Bell, Andrew, uh, Angela Zanaglio, Brian Mahaffey, our producer here, Ryan O'Donnell, who's taking today off, so he doesn't get a, a fun mention. Um, what the hell, where's Ryo? Where he, is he he said he said, Oh, you guys, you know, you don't need me, and he just decided to not be here. Really? Fine. A, really, really, Ryan? Really? Jerk. Really? Um, but Trey, we have created our own quarterback matchup selector that's going to decide for us what marquee quarterback matchup we're going to talk about for week three. Brian, throw it up. Let's see what we got in front of us here.
1: Techno Bowl, I like it very nice. There it is. We
0: got uh Tom Brady in a can he keep up with Aaron Rodgers matchup because they don't play each other on the field, they play the other team's defense. Um, but these are the two quarterbacks. Uh, Trey, you mentioned something about the, the Bucks defense being the reason they're two and oh. Here's what I'm going to say about this matchup, and then I'm going to kick it over to you. This very much feels like to me, and I don't know if it's justifiable or not, but it feels like to me the Pacquiao-Mayweather fight. Like, we're getting it about five years. We've had this matchup before, but we're getting this one this year five years later than we probably would have wanted it. The names matter, but is it going to be a quarterback shootout the way we were talking about Mahomes and Herbert last week?
1: Not with the the team around them. I mean, like Mike Evans is suspended. We don't know what's going on with Chris Godwin. Uh, the offensive line that we've talked about uh, for the Tampa Bay Bucks all off season is problematic, whether people want to admit it or not. And the Packers have had one really bad game on offense and a decent game on offense because of all the new receivers. Let's put it this way. Um, this the most, the most impressive thing about this matchup is it is going to be the fifth and potentially the final time final, that yeah. we see Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady square off against each other. So, that's significant in terms of just what these two quarterbacks have accomplished. But do you want me to start on the Aaron Rodgers side, or do you want me to start on the, uh, on the uh, Tom Brady side? You pick. I I want you to start with the Tom Brady side, because I think that's
0: the one where you alluded to the defense is a big part of that team's record. Where does (laughs) Brady at this point fall into that?
1: Well, Tom Brady's and and I want to be clear about this and, and I want everyone to understand this and hear it the right way. Tom Brady has, maneuvered and manufactured a great setup for himself. You know, he took 11 days off in training camp and he's now taking every Wednesday off during the regular season. And I want to be clear why that's a big deal. Cause Wednesday is your install day. Mm-hmm. It's Wednesday's the day when you put, unless you're playing a Thursday night game, Wednesday's the day you put in the game plan for how you're going to play that week's opponent. So the idea that Tom Brady is taking every Wednesday off is kind of insane for lack of a better term. Uh, for a guy who believes that every rep matters and has made a reputation on that, like he has this giant chip on his shoulder, you know, TB12 and, you know, being the 199th pick of the of the draft when he was selected, like that's been his mantra the entire time. Um, this is weird, for lack of a better term. Uh, the offense over the last two games, because it was a pick six for a score, the the offense for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the last two games has scored a grand total of 32 points or 16 per game. They averaged 30 and a half last year. Second highest scoring offense in the NFL, only to the Dallas Cowboys. You need to be either all in or all out to play this game right now. Tom Brady is trying to play while being retired. Mm. That's what's happening. And I understand it. And I, I, I make no comments about what's happening off this off the field. I have no interest in discussing any of that. If those are things that you need to deal with, then you need to deal with them. But, you know, I see Tom Brady through the first two weeks of the season tossing Microsoft tablets the official partner of the NFL in each of those games. I see him screaming at his teammates and getting in their face and yelling. At some point, one of those teammates is going to look at Tom Brady and say, hey, bro, maybe you hadn't taken a vacation in the middle of training camp. would be a lot tighter right now. Yeah. And hey, man, how are we going to fix this? If you're missing every Wednesday, which is install, you cannot play this game halfway. You have to be either all in or you're all out. Like Mark Schlaerth and I used to always say when we did NFL live together, the moment a player talks about retiring or saving his body, mm-hmm. you're retired. Yeah. You just don't know it yet. Yeah. And Tom is trying to do both things. He's trying to have it both ways. And, oh, by the way, it's not working on the field. And from everything we read, it ain't working off the field either. (laughs) So you need to make a commitment one way or the other. And this of being halfway is not working. And it's it's, it's not fair to his teammates. I want to be clear about that. It is not fair. Like Mark also told me, when something was bothering me off the field, I was a football player. And I understand that. But you either need to decide you need to decide to fix that stuff that's bothering you off the field or block it out and put everything into playing football. And right now, Tom is trying to half ass it and it ain't working. It is not working.
0: Yeah, I you know, we we reported via Aaron Wilson here at Pro Football Network, our NFL insider. Um, and you can find this report on our website at profootballnetwork.com. And we reported uh, that, you know, when he took those 11 days off, he was, look, he, he had some family time he needed to catch up on. There there was some stuff going on with his family. The details of that, not something we got into at pro football network because they're not really relevant to football. The reality of what was relevant was he wasn't there for 11 days. Um, he's now taking Wednesdays off. And I think the biggest piece you talked about is, he has spent a lot of his public image putting his personal and private life as a way of making himself profitable. Um, the stuff with his family in the commercials and in in the the Instagram videos, the TikToks, this, that, and the third. Well, now it's about understanding that you know the NFL game on Sundays is real. The yeah. violence in practice is real. Your teammates getting their kicked, play in and play out. That's real. That's not Instagram, that's not TikTok. And the Tom Brady we've we've kind of built this mythology around, okay, would hate the Tom Brady or would not uh, be okay with what the Tom Brady that was. Absolutely. Now
1: like, absolutely. He's built his entire reputation on not being this guy. Yeah. On being the guy who took every rep, who did everything. I'll give I'll give you an example. All right. Uh it was the 2008 season. Uh Peyton Manning had a bursa sack injury under his left knee uh it wasn't a knee surgery it was a surgery to re- to repair the bursa sac under his knee he didn't take a single snap in training camp didn't take a single rep didn't play at all in the preseason uh and then went out there week one and i think the one that they won their week one game like 19 to 16 or something but they started three and four uh they were terrible and tom uh, Peyton at that point said you know guys this doesn't surprise me, it would be disrespectful to the game mm. to think that I could not take a single snap in training camp nor take part in any preseason game and go out there and excel. It took some time. Side note, after they started three and four, they won their last nine games, went up to 12 and four. and uh, Then they lost that playoff game in, in uh, San Diego when Mike Seifers, the great the punter for the charge at that point, literally had the greatest playoff game for any punter I've ever seen. Like He pinned them down every single time. But the point I'm trying to make is, Peyton Manning said I can't I can't like pretend like I just don't need to do any of this. Yeah. You know, I need, I need to put in the work. And the work was not put in because of injury and the results were bad. Well, the the Bucks are 2 and 0. Like that's the good news. The Bucks are 2 and 0. They're 2 and 0 because of their defense. The Bucks defense has given up the fewest points and generated the most sacks in the NFL right now through 2 games. The offense is Constipated at best. Like that's the nicest thing you can say about the Bucks' offense is that yeah. they need a laxative. Okay, yeah. uh, it is really, really a problem. Tom needs to decide what are you going to do. Like if you look at pictures of Tom Brady right now, he looks like the alien emoji on your on your keyboard. You know, <laughs> like like he does not look like a a man who's enjoying life in any way, shape, or form. I will
0: never unsee that in my mind right now. And, I, and again, know. I
1: want to be clear. I'm not taking shots at Tom Brady, yeah, but he's not being fair to his yeah. teammates right now. Yeah. He's not being fair to them. Like Mike Evans got suspended this week, and it was upheld. If you saw him running across the field to shove Mark, Marcus Marshawn Lattimore, which, by the way, that goes back to 2017. Just you know, yeah. they had all kinds of issues since 2017. It's on two site with those two. Yeah, I mean, he yelled, "It's Tom Brady. What am I supposed to do?" Well, you know, tell Tom Brady to put in more time. That's yeah. what you should do. You got like teammates that, getting themselves suspended that, for you. Yeah, that's the respect that Tom has from his teammates. Now go earn it. Like, yeah. go earn it.
0: Yeah. Well, let's look at the other quarterback because, look, Aaron Rodgers hasn't, you know, didn't go to OTAs the last two seasons, training camp, so on and so forth. He has very publicly insinuated that the chemistry with his younger receivers is a problem and kind of put that on Understandable.
1: Them. Understandable. understandable
0: um so that's the other situation here now they just boat raced the bears okay they coming off did bears. that come, coming off a week exactly a week one loss to the minnesota vikings um do we have some concerns here about that offense and, and who and what yes this can be right now
1: yes we do have concerns about that offense i mean week one outside of randall cobb there wasn't a receiver on the field for green Bay that Aaron Rodgers had ever played an NFL game with. So yeah, Yeah. it's going to take some, take some time. It wouldn't surprise me at all. If the Packers started three and four or four and four or four and three and just sort of muddled their way through it until that chemistry comes through. But here's something else to consider. Uh, The last three times that these two quarterbacks have met, and I get it. Like, as you said, brilliantly, they don't play each other, but Uh, The Tom Brady-led team, whether it was the Patriots or the last two years, it's the Packers, they've won and they've covered. Aaron Rodgers has never lost four straight games against the same starting quarterback, and that's what he's facing now. The Bucs are a slight favorite in this game. Uh, So, And, again, this could be the last time these two guys play each other, you know? It could be another ayahuasca filled summer for Aaron Rodgers, and it could be another, you know, potential retirement summer for Tom Brady. So let's just appreciate it. But uh, I think this might be the last go round that we see both of these guys score off against each other.
0: You know, it's, you know, when I look, when I think about my time as a football watching enthusiast, um, really going back to since Aaron Rodgers became a starter, it's been those two. And Peyton Manning, the other quarterback you mentioned in this part of our conversation, as the undoubted top three at the position. We've talked about all three of them at one point or another as maybe the best at the position all time. And so there is some, you know, let's, you know, look. I, I mentioned the the Pacquiao Mayweather fight, Trey, but I bought that pay per view. <laughs> I I knew, I knew yeah. what it was. I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it. Um, but all the points you brought, that's what we got to look for. Right, because look, if this is the last go round for the two of them against each other, this also could mean it's the last go around for either of these teams to really make a shot at being a contender for Super Bowl. Um, what I want to do here, let's—it's uh, our final segment um, where we're going to take some questions uh, from you guys, our audience. Um, the first uh, question, actually, before we do that, I want to just bring up our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. I almost forgot to bring this up, but I have been playing their pick 'em game. Um, and their Pick'em game this week is awesome uh, because you get to really take a look at the different players that we just talked about. We just talked about Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. You can play underdog Pick'em and you can take a look at higher or lower on Aaron Rodgers passing yards of 242.5 and higher or lower on Brady's passing yards of 259.5 in the underdog Pick them now, Trey. They have another game in their Pick'em called Rivals, and this is where those quarterbacks go against each other. They're giving Rodgers 11 and a half yards. Who's going to have more passing yards between the two, Rodgers and Brady, with Rodgers already getting 11 and a half in that matchup? I am going to be playing that game on Underdog. You should too. All you got to do download the Underdog app, enter code promo, uh, promo code PFN. Also, just click the link in the comments. It'll take you right there. Promo code PFN. That's Underdog Fantasy MPFN. Go win some money with them. Go win some money with Caesar Sportsbook. All of those links in the comments on all the different platforms we're streaming live to. Now, how to take some questions from our audience. Our first one comes from uh, a LinkedIn viewer, by the way. Named Ezra Sanders watching us over on LinkedIn. Appreciate you guys watching us over there. Um, what are your thoughts on the solution to the Texans offense? I'm not a fan of the tendency to utilize 13 personnel in short yardage. Trey, you said this last week. This is like, you know, all the teams that were lining up and shotgun with one yard to go and get a touchdown, giving the defense a head start. What are your thoughts there?
1: Um, look, Lovey Smith is a defensive guy, like he's a defensive coach first and foremost. Uh I I gotta say the Texans have really surprised me in how well they played. Like they should probably be at least one and one, potentially two and zero. Yeah. But they've they've had they've had some limitations. Um, They uh, the defense, by the way, is 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 an issue. Uh, I think the thirty first in terms of uh, yards given up per game. Uh, and passing yards I think they're 26th so this might be a potential get right game for who they're playing this week Um, the Bears who are terrible on offense (laughs) on every and every possible situation I I think the Texans are trying to figure out who they are offensively like that's the only way like the week one matchup between Matt Ryan and Davis Mills should have been like whose neck is longer like that would have been the deciding factor
0: (laughs) we need a graphic Uh, for that let's get a tech mobile super smash for that one
1: Whose neck is longer? Um, It's going to take some time. There's not a lot of great weapons for the Houston Texans Texans on offense, so they're going to try and sort of maneuver through this and figure some things out. But uh, I've been very surprised with how competitive the Texans have been through the first two weeks of the season.
0: Yeah, me too, and that's the word. They haven't been anything – special one way or the other but competitive is the right word and i guess for that organization given everything they've gone through that is certainly a step in the right direction we have another question from a twitter user and by the way uh, we talked about this game the dolphins and the ravens and in our time to learn segment who did we learn more about dolphins or ravens we put that poll up on twitter you can still go vote in it at uh, PFN365 on Twitter right now with all the votes that have come in so far, 82% of the voting public thinks they've learned more about the Dolphins from that game. There's still about 21 hours left to get up in that poll, so go ahead and do that at PFN365. One of our voters, his name is Richard Casellas at Casellas Richard, asks the question: Trey, is Mike McDaniel a genius?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the way I'll answer that question. Uh, Mark Schlereth once said to me, the words football and genius are mutually exclusive. Uh, so I don't think that anybody is a is a genius in terms of football, but I think Mike McDaniel is a refreshing take. Like I've heard a lot of people run the NFL say, Well, you know, we'll see how his style Works out. Ah, <laughs> what is He's that? so friendly to his players. What is that? Like, man, did you, did you see, my tweet, up. Up? Did you see yeah. my tweet on that? Did you see my tweet on that? Yes. <laughs> like, shut the hell up. Oh. Like, I, I, I want Mike McDaniel to succeed. If for no other reason, than it means you don't have to be a, a, a curmudgeon, old get off my right. lawn guy, to be a head coach. Right. And I, I think his approach is refreshing, and I think his re- approach is new. We'll find out five years from now, or maybe even three, whether or not he's a genius. What I can tell you is he's two and zero, oh, and he's doing a good job. Uh, that's that's the that's as far as I'm willing to go right now. Yeah. But I think Mike, I want, and I'm being completely biased here, and I, I I will be open to that. Yeah. I'm not unbiased when it comes to Mike McDaniel. I want him to succeed because I think everybody needs to lighten the hell up. There you go. That's it, man. Like, like, like being
0: an a- is the way yeah. in which you're a successful football coach. He does what every other good coach does. He works his a- off. He he relates to his players and he gets it figured out. Is he a genius? Look, if at the end of the year, both Tyree Hill and Jalen Waddle are in the top three for receiving yards, we can revisit that part of the question. Um, another game we talked about, uh, Trey, that all of our audience can go vote in on our poll at PFN365 on Twitter. Um, who did we learn more about in week two, Raiders or Cardinals? This one's a lot closer, 60% to 40% in favor of the Raiders. Our audience yeah. at this point thinks they've learned more about. You said that as well. Um, you can still go vote, get your vote, get your voice heard in that poll at PFN365. Uh, who did we learn more about, Raiders or Cardinals? A, a voter in that poll said that he learned more about Kingsbury and that he thinks he's some kind of mastermind play caller when in reality it didn't matter what play he called because Kyler was running all over the field, presumably unscripted. Then when needing a first down overtime, he calls a three-step deep drop route that doesn't go his way. He was the luckiest guy on the field and the D saved him. Was that your takeaway from from that game? We kind of talked a little bit about that.
1: Um, Yeah, I, I think that's no problem. Uh, listen, Kyle, the best play for the offense last week for Arizona was Kyler go make something happen. That is not what I would call great play design and play calling by Cliff Kingsbury, you know? So uh, yeah, uh, the, the best plays in that game happened when Kyler was said, screw it, let's go do the video game thing. Again, insert video game joke here, bring in your call of duty lines. This is where you want to do
0: it. Um, And that was, uh, that was Twitter user at Hackney OH, presumably Ohio at Hackney OH. And then finally, one more question, last one for the show from (laughs) Twitter user Knobberslocker. Um, That's got to go on a t-shirt, right? At Knobberslocker. Uh, for him, this was between, again, the Dolphins and Ravens, where so far 82% of, of the public is uh, saying they learn more about Miami there. He said that for him it was a tie because the Dolphins' defense doesn't appear as good as people thought going in, and the Ravens' defense also is not what it used to be. That was a bit of a similar takeaway we had, that this was more an answer a referendum on like the Ravens' defense at the end of that game. But he sees it as a tie. Like, we learned about both equally, and it really came down to
1: both teams' defenses. Here, here's what I'll say about that. The, the Dolphins' defense was really good last year. Like, it was really good. Uh, the Ravens, everything about them last year was not great. Uh, I'm going to rely more on what I've seen in recent history uh, with the Dolphins' defense and, and think uh, that they're going to be closer to what they were a year ago than I know what about, what about the Ravens are. And I just mm-hmm. – you know, there was just some, there were, like, the, both defensive coaches are going to burn that tape. Like, let's be honest; they just, you know, they they want <laughs> no part of that game going forward. It's not teaching tape. Let's just get get the hell rid of it, yeah. And we'll figure it out going forward. So, I think that that's the that's the biggest takeaway you can take from that game defensively.
0: All right, well, uh, Trey, that is going to do it for our Week Three episode of Football Insiders. Trey, tell the people where you're going to be for Caesar Sportsbook uh, next.
1: Uh, we will be in Indianapolis for the for the Colts Chiefs game. Uh, funny stat about that, real quickly. We talked about this game a little bit. Yeah, uh, the Colts are, are just awful. I mean, they were shut out in Jacksonville. They've lost eight straight games in Jacksonville, which makes no sense to me. Um, but the Chiefs are two and zero, uh, and they started the week as a six and a half point favorite. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has never in his career lost a road game in which he was favored by at least six points. He's 13 and zero with the Kansas city chiefs. The only other quarterback uh, to start his career with a better streak would be Troy Aikman of the Dallas Cowboys in the nineties. They won 16 straight games as road favorites. Wow. And if you look at that team, Emmett Smith, Michael Irvin, Jay Novacek, maybe the greatest offensive line in the history of the NFL, Ever. Charles Ever. Haley,
0: mm-hmm. uh, Ken
1: Norton, Darren Woodson, who, by the way, is a, uh, uh, one of the on the list for the Hall of Fame this year. And I hope to God he gets in. Yep. Um, Darren Woodson,
0: a more than football guest, by the way, which you can find in PFF.
1: <laughs> that is correct. Uh, you know, that team had so much more around Troy Aikman than what this team has around Patrick Mahomes. Like, I would literally be shocked. If if Mahomes and company lose this week, uh, even with the suspension of Willie Gay for the first few for the next four games. Yeah. But uh this this Chiefs team might be the best overall team that Patrick Mahomes has ever had around him.
0: That's saying something considering yeah. they lost Tyreek Hill in the offseason. Um it's uh we'll we'll see. Like you said, uh six points, Caesars uh now I think has it at five and a half. The money line. For the Chiefs is minus 250 and they're on yeah. the road, so yeah. uh, take that for what it's worth. Trey's gonna have some awesome ribeye. I know he's gonna have the shrimp cocktail because that's what you do when you go to St. Elmo horseradish sauce, Canada. baby.
1: It's, it's, uh, it's something, man. It is something.
0: Um, all right, for Trey Wingo, I am Brett Yaris. We're both here for Pro Football Network. Uh, keep up with us on Twitter at PFN365. We got all kinds of content coming out for fantasy betting. Uh college and draft, it's college season, too, guys. We got all that stuff uh over at profootballnetwork.com. And for more interviews, like the one we did with Darren Woodson, like Trey did uh two weeks ago with Ed Werder. That's all at uh PFN Pass. Go to pfnpass.com, less than 20 cents a day, and you are going to get exclusive productions, our first full feature film. The uh, uh, documentary entitled hopeful, the psyche of the Cleveland Browns fans and sports in Cleveland, all at PFN pass. We'll see you next week, guys. Peace out.